so yesterday we tried to record the ramble but I didn't have the tech so another fail for me but we did experiment with our second version of the video version yes. of the podcast so we're trying to reduce it down from 45 minutes of yeah. video to okay. about like I think we'll go for about four or five so I think in the next couple of weeks we're going to launch a little YouTube thing so yep. we're trying to be Zoella basically it's a bit we embarrassing are. we are too old <clears throat> and we also have been making a commitment to try and cut down the long form version a little bit yeah um, but we're staying in the, the we're third episode in of yep. the series we are the dark is. side of innovation this week it's spying. We're here at Circe's, Europe's longest champagne bar. Please reach out to us on Twitter. We love a bit of feedback on at InnovRamble, or you can check out old episodes, innovationramble.com. Uh, go to uh, iTunes. Please give us a five star review, or just tell a friend about it. it would be really good. Yep. Um, we've got a sponsor this week. Right. Like a, a sponsor next to obviously Circe's. This is the Financial Times. I'll the Financial Times. Headline sponsor. Mega, mega high-end sponsor. Basically, they've got an event on the 3rd and 4th of November in London called uh, FT Innovate. And, you know, we're not just here rambling on. We can actually give you a 20% discount on the full price. Pretty you know, pretty high end events. That's near on a thousand pounds. I think the the kind of full ticket yeah, price. It's, it's so that's a, a that significant way. discount. Yeah. So thanks. It's okay. It's okay. So we don't mind. We're sharing. We're boat. just sharing with you. Uh, and the <laughs> and the whole purpose of the event is to discuss big versus small. Is innovation going to come from the Apples and the Samsungs, or is it going to come from the startup, from the little guy? This whole event is going to be discussing mm. what is the balance between those two superpowers. Yeah. Big companies, you know, they've got massive resources, huge investment, long-term plans, big patent armies going out and, and developing IP. But then you've got the smaller, more agile, nimbler, backed by a bit of VC, maybe got a kind of tech champion in there, open community. So mm, much more agile. It's an interesting battle. It's like us, us as a little mini startup podcast versus like the BBC and Desert Island Discs. Like all versus Jangles and his uh, 843 <laughs> podcast episode. Big respect, Neville. So we're going to be there, but if you want to go, it's the FT Innovate uh, and use the code WAS20. That's WAS20 and save yourself hundreds of pounds. Oh, yeah. it feels good to say that. So we'll crack on with the spying episode. <laughs> A story for you, Al. Yep. Christina Granville was the first UK secret agent, also Churchill's favourite spy, and rumoured to be the inspiration for the first ever Bond girl. She was Polish-born, and the British government smuggled her into Zakopane. She would ski over the Yugoslav border, ski past the dead that had tried to escape, uh, and she would sort of set up um, networks to distribute information. But she got caught by the Germans, and so. She was in a really bad place with her partner, so she bit off the end of her tongue, so her mouth filled up with blood, and she would cough, cough wow. it onto the Germans and say she had tuberculosis, which is airborne, and at the time was untreatable and fatal. So they let her go, and she produced like the crazy acts of heroism, massively tenacious. Uh, she would use her kind of female charms and flirt her way out of situations, which is brilliant, and was really pivotal in a lot of uh, information that sort of actually the Battle of Britain was largely affected by some of the information she provided 
Um, and at the end of the war, she was told by the US, uh, UK government she was no longer needed, got paid off with 100 quid, and then a few years later was stabbed in the chest in her hometown of South Ken. Oh. Wow, it's a bit of a kind of James Bond finish, the sad end to uh, Spy's top efforts. Um, spying, espionage, been around for ages, even back to uh, Sun Tzu in his Art of War, Chinese uh, military strategist. Over a hundred references to spies and intelligence gathering there, so it's been around for a, a long time. I read that Sun Tzu, he, he would have sacrificial spies, so he would give spies misinformation and then force them to get captured by the enemy and they'd like torture all this information that they thought was secret, torture their crap out of them and then they would give up these secrets that weren't right. That's fascinating, especially we talked in the torture episode about actually, do you know you're getting the right information when you're using these uh, these physical punishments? So FBI in the last year has seen a 53% increase in espionage cases, 95 of which are coming from China. We saw Chinese spies charged with stealing iPhone technology in in in, in May 2015, and there's a real culture of industrial espionage, uh, which is the first of our our three topics. Sorry, uh, international espionage. Um, uh, basically because there's like a vague and blurred line between Chinese um, government and private industry. I think if you've got a company of over 50 people in China, then you need to have uh, uh, like an, a, a government um, official on the books there who's basically watching over and uh, watching what you're doing. China's been really smart in the last few decades about how it's innovated. So um, they've kind of stolen from the Russians uh, and then adapted it. And if the Russians had found uh, a... American spy plane, uh, they would have taken it back to um, HQ and basically rebuilt it because they, uh, Russians had a kind of a history and a culture of science and technology, but the Chinese realized they didn't. And so when they, when they find or steal military secrets, government secrets, then they, they send their teams out to go and break those things down to their very constituent parts, learn about the individual parts, learn how to put it back together. So basically, as well as recreating the spy plane, but, but doing it better, they're also educating their military and, and technology workforce uh, and trying to get them up to speed with the Americans. So a, a really innovative way of um, reverse engineering from the Chinese. It reminds me of a story of uh, Steve Jobs when, uh, was it, I can't remember who did the first Discman, Some, mm. Sony movie, and it, as soon as he got it, as soon as he got it, he like listened to a track and then just took it apart, he was literally disassembling the whole thing to go back to the core of what yep. made it an innovation. <laughs> But in terms of more country-to-country -country spying, I've got my kind of top five crazy spying tech. Uh, robotic roaches, this is just unbelievable. So basically in t uh, 2006, there was um, a, a series of experiments with, uh, I think, where was it? It was Tokyo University, and they created zombie cockroaches. Right. So it's not just okay. the, it's not the mice getting messed up with. Uh, but they essentially kind of put computer chips in them and the heat of the cockroaches would power the chips and the onboard radio and cameras but they could actually also control the direction of the cockroaches so they could create a swarm of robotic cockroach insects to fly over into, into different areas. Love it, nice. scary. Um, so you know, remember maple seeds? You know the ones that fall down from the trees and spin, yes. like look like mini yeah. helicopters. Yeah. So Lockheed Martin is developing a one that has a camera in it with like tiny little thrusters. So they will just chuck them out of an aeroplane, and it will just fall over like an enemy target. You know, uh, beaming information back to their to their mothership. 
It's pretty good. I love the, the take on nature there as well. Often their answers sit within the, the real and natural world. That's true. So I mean, now it starts to get really weird. So keystrokes is really interesting in espionage. Basically, you know, you can uh, you have a, a secure browser like I don't know, incognito or whatever it was. But actually, fundamentally, what you type is where you go and what you do. And so there's, mm -hmm. I mean, you know better than anyone that like keystroke tracking isn't anything new, but what uh, Kapersky Labs have developed is using a smartphone, the accelerometer in a smartphone, I think it tracks your movement. If you have a smartphone next to a computer, not plugged into the computer or connected to the computer by any way, just by picking up the vibrations from your tapping on your keyboard, it can get an 80% accuracy on what it is that you're typing. So all you would need to do is leave your spy version of your phone next to someone's laptop and whatever they typed, that would get picked up by the phone. Pretty good. Yes. So next one, yes. So <laughs> next one is, oh, I don't know which one to do next. So I think, yes, visual microphone, University of Te uh, Texas. So when, <clears throat> right, this is just so ridiculous, so ridiculous. So in the 2014 SIGGRAPH conference, they showed this tool whereby when sound, we produce a sound wave, that's a vibration, and actually when it hits another surface, it will also make that surface vibrate in the, in the smallest, totally invisible way to the human eye. But actually they've got this camera that can take photographs and video of sound that is interacted with a physical surface that then you could go in and measure that vibration and work out what was said. Okay. So someone could come into the yeah. room after we've recorded the ramble and look at the vibrations in the surrounding area and then rebuild that yeah. conversation. <clears throat> wow. I guess if you've got super high def cameras and audio stuff, then you're recording only the minutest changes, but then extrapolating those back. But can you imagine that? Someone comes into a room and just picks up your conversation from the vibrations left over. Well, I think they'd be pretty shocked if they'd come in after one of our podcasts. <laughs> Why are they rapping? <laughs> <laughs> so then the final one, and number five, is Acoustic Kitty. So what the CIA did was rig up a microphone into a, into a cat's ear and it would carry this sort of broadcast equipment on its body and use its tail as an aerial because they, no one's going to suspect a cat being a James Bond figure, right? Yeah. So the cat would, the idea was the cat would go into the target area and just go around transmitting what was being said. Yeah. But obviously with a cat, you've been a cat owner, you can't predict what's going to happen with cats. Uh, and sure enough, they went to the test site where they wanted to, you know, test this out on the enemy. Uh, the cat left out of the box, ran into the road, and got hit by a car. A taxi, in fact, costing the U.S. government 25 million in research. So, wow. acoustic kitty. See, that's nature, isn't it? You got the, you got the seeds, and you've got the bugs, and you've got the cat. Yeah. Well, they're unlikely to be, uh, you know, picked up. I love that it's antennas and it's tail. <laughs> yeah, and, it sounds um, like ridiculous, yeah. ridiculous thing ever, doesn't it? <laughs> So the second section is around corporate espionage. Um, we see movement in uh, workforce and skills all the time. So um, when Nest was bought by um, Google. Google recently, um, you know, they, the suggestion was they paid way over the odds for the technology. And actually, the reason they'd wanted it is that the the guy who'd, who'd headed up Nest, who had previously been an Apple employee, they you know Google wanted to make sure that they secured him as well. So there's a massive skills war. And how do you know as uh, as an employer if one of your 
invaluable employees is about to leave with a load of you know valuable data you know you, you've, you've got data loss prevention tools but they only go so far um, how do you know when someone's going to leave with corporate data and what are the clues you need to make sure you, you right. pick that up so um, there's an ex-Netflix uh, um, uh, executive called uh, Mohammed Sabah who, who left Netflix took some of the recommendation engine smarts with him and has created a new service called Workday and as an employer you'd install Workday uh, it's kind of HR software that um, looks up you your job role what you're worth in the market when was the last time you got promoted in the company uh, it also starts looking at your social media posts your kind of arrival time it's gathering all this data about your your behavior in the work in the workplace specific more likely in the US where laws are a, li a lot less stringent than they are in Europe and then the, the service is coming back and making a recommendation Tom a, there's a 42% chance that he's likely to leave in the next six months and then some recommendations this is the where this is the job you should be offering him to get him to stay uh, and then he can be tracked in order that you are uh, um, you know red warning lights going off he's going anywhere near some sensitive data so there's this really smart bit of tech yes. uh, look back in history predict patterns and, and try and keep valuable intellectual property in the building yeah corporate espionage has been around for ages and the the greatest corporate espionage ever, quick story. So in the 1800s, when tea was a big hit, started to be a big hit in Britain, it was all made in China. They owned tea. So what the East India Company did was hire a, a this was his job title, was an adventurer. You don't get many of them, do you? That's a cracker. And so what he did was uh, just dressed up as a Chinese merchant and stole tea plants and tea making secrets from the Chinese, imported them into British ruled India. And then they kicked off production. And within his lifetime, India was producing more tea than China. And you just think about the massive amount of money that, that was just robbed from China. And it's something we've always done. And I think corporations will continue to do. Absolutely. So, section three. Yeah, that leads us quite nicely into us spying on ourselves. Um, and part of the reason this is happening is, yeah, we've been through the James Bond era, we've talked about these spies. Everybody knows about um, some of those clandestine affairs that were happening in the 70s, 80s, 90s. It's kind of mainstream now. And so um, we've now got these everyday items uh, that we use to spy on each other. We've kind of grown up with it. And uh, the stats back this up as well. 50% of Australians are, are okay with, quote, spousal spying. 14% um, of Brits, I think, who were surveyed in the last year is say that, they... Is that 50% all of the women? <laughs> <laughs> no comment. Um, <clears throat> so in the last 12 months, like in a survey, 14% of Brits are looking at their spouse's social media accounts, specifically with the intention of detecting evidence of adultery. So we're, as a, as a culture and a society, we're much more comfortable with kind of low-level spying um, as a result of coming through that... Uh, um, that Cold War era and uh, at the same time we're, we, we seem to be outraged if there's a, a, you know other people spying on us so the LG televisions most recently yeah, were picked yeah, out yeah. as um, not only reporting back what channels we were watching but they were even transmitting back to LG the names of files on, on USB devices that were in the in the TV so um, you know we're spying is much more mainstream now we're comfortable with it but at the same time we're fearful of being spied on yeah, and so I've done a, a kind of little list of the sort of top, top few self-spying or spying on each other tools. And this is one that you found was an air freshener, like a plastic air freshener that has a 
video camera and audio microphone in there, and but also a SIM card. So if you put it on, point it at the nanny, and then when you go out to work, you can dial up and you can listen in, or you can tap in and you can watch the video feed. And you get versions of these in everyday household objects like um, smoke alarms and that kind of stuff. So if you go to the spy shop, just there's a spy shop in London, next door to the anti-spy shop, interestingly. Yeah. Uh, and basically all this stuff, you're right, from James Bond, has just been cheaply reproduced for us. Um, and basically your mobile phone, is it's, it's a tracking device that also has the ability to make calls and yeah. play Angry Birds. Um, and a really nice one was an app, is an app called Kibo, it's quite new actually. So it's a, you know you get a, a, a keyboard extension, so it could be emoji keyboard or yeah. whatever it is. So it's a keyboard, it's a kind of secret message keyboard extension. So I would type a message to you, I'll, we've got to go and pick up the secret package in CSEs, um, and then it would just recalibrate that message to say, hey, how's it going, man? But you could, when you got that message from me, you press on that message and it reveals the hidden message. So, but I've sent that to your number so it's encrypted between us. So if your partner is looking over your shoulder or your boss is looking over your shoulder, yeah. you can keep those message, messages secret between you, which I really like. But then you think about Snapchat, right? That's disappearing messages. Yeah. So, you know, the biggest breakthrough app of the last couple of years is all based around secrecy and, you know, the things that we don't want to be spied upon. So quite an interesting yeah. thing, society responding in a kind of a broader way. And then finally, one of our listeners who won't be names, but, uh, you know, he was, he was burgled, he told me last week. And basically what their burglars are doing now, because of car trackers... What they what they'll do is they'll steal a car, stick plates different plates on it, and just park it around the corner from the house and leave it there for a couple of weeks. Mm. Because if it's got a tracker in it, people will just go, oh fuck, right, okay, go and pick up the car and then take it back again. So they just leave it very near the house um, with a tracker in it, and that's the way they work out if it if it's got a tracker or not. So it's you know then it, here's the the burglars innovating with the technology to their evil ends. I'm sorry that our listener had to go through that, but it was a interesting story nonetheless yeah it's everybody is is spying on in, in greater levels now you know the government and, and the chinese going to extreme levels uh corporates just ensuring that they, they keep the intellectual property uh, in the building and and us we're spying on each other all the time uh the concept of, has become much more mainstream as a result of all this tech and this data we're sharing i mean the amount of data that we put up in you know when we even log into something like Facebook, the amount and the number of data yeah. points that we're putting up there, we don't really think about it, and so we're getting used to sharing more data. We're getting used to looking and analysing it more data, and so as a result of that, it's more information and more spying. So uh, at the same time as it became mainstream, these innovations have allowed corporations and governments to spy on us in in, in new and scary ways. But if you're not happy about that, then there is something you can do. So it's rumoured that the UK's intelligence service uh, stores 21 petabytes of data daily. That's massive, obviously. Um, loads of loads of information. And a lot of this mass surveillance violates your privacy. We saw in the, yeah. the conspiracy episode last week that 20% of all CCTV cameras are in the UK, yeah. but yet we only have 1% of the population of the planet. So if you're not happy about this, the current law doesn't offer you a massive amount of protection, but you can go to don'tspyonus.org.uk and that will give you a petition that you can sign and also actions that you can take. So if you are happy, continue as you are. If you're not happy with corporate surveillance, government surveillance, or even spousal surveillance, yep. then go to don'tspyonus.org.uk. Um, so 
do a couple of shout outs? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks as ever to CSCs uh, for looking after us so royally, to the FT for a uh, big sponsorship of this, yeah. this podcast Let as well. FT, innovate, Google that, use the code WAS20 and get 20% off. Yeah, early November 3rd, 3rd, 4th, fantastic uh, event. Thanks as ever to Christina Lai. Thank uh, you, Christina. Superb marketing support, some great content tips this week. Uh, Matt Kempton for our, our logo. Lucky Elephant for our music. Yeah. Uh, James Harrison for photography, help making us look uh, better than normal. And James Mitchell, who is beavering away on our iOS app. And, and that's it. Next week, we were going to be speaking as a duo at Sean Singleton's Digital Annex University. Uh, but unfortunately, Al has pressing commitments with his paying job. Uh, so I'll be picking that work up on my own and I'm going to be talking through a preview of our book that, oh. that is currently called the the A to Z of innovation it's smartly titled yeah it may change we may, may change. iterate but the basic idea is is we've learned a lot from doing this podcast and what we wanted to do is say can we like take some of that knowledge and put it into a short snackable book that can inspire people to find more innovative solutions so yeah. The first public run of some of those concepts will be at the Digital Annex University uh, that my mate Sean's putting on. So, shame not to have you there, fella. Yeah, uh, I will do my best. Team Innovation Round would have been working on these five things. Very much the focus on kind of like stuff that you can actually take back to your desk and uh, and and use as a, a tips how how to tips to allow you to innovate better. That's it. See you next time. <laughs>